0: Welcome back to the Balancing Bipolar Podcast, the podcast that dives deep into the complexities of living with bipolar disorder. I am your host, Jordan, and happy new year, everyone. It is 2024. We've made it through another year. Here we are. Hope everybody had a great new Year's. I had a really quiet one. I was in bed by nine o'clock, so best way to start the year, in my opinion. Um, So before we get started today I'm going to be discussing what I think is quite an important topic It is a very very big symptom in my mania so it's something that I would love to discuss with you all But first I'm just going to answer a few questions that I've received so let's just get into it The one question I got asked is what am I going to do with the podcast going forward? like, what are my plans for 2024 with this podcast? So 2024, I want more community engagement. I want people coming in on Twitter. I want people emailing in. I want people to come and join me on the podcast and, you know, have guests on. I think that would be really fun. And that's on me. I really have to work hard to get that engagement and get people interested in listening to and coming on the podcast. So that's something that I'm going to be working really, really hard on this year. I really want people to be involved. And yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest Plans with the podcast. I would love to have on maybe professionals like doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists. I would love to have on people sharing their experiences, sharing how they got diagnosed, sharing things that they've been through, personal stories and personal wins as well. Like, I don't want it to be all like doom and gloom and, Oh, this is so bad. I want people to come on and share really good experiences and work as a team to combat the stigma associated with bipolar disorder. This podcast, I want it to be chatty but informative and I'm sort of going to be like working through my own experiences associated with certain symptoms, associated with comorbidities, like other disorders as well. I'm going to be incorporating a lot of informative and truthful you know, very honest and raw podcasts with you guys. And I want these to be able to kind of show our perspective on how some of the things that we may do, that we may go through that are hard for others to deal with as well i want them to you know listen to the podcast and be like okay i can kind of get an understanding of how they're feeling it is it can be so hard to articulate how we're feeling especially when we lack awareness of how we're feeling or we don't have the energy you know there's so many things um so yeah i'm looking forward to growing the podcast and taking it to a whole new level So I would regard myself as a person with a pretty low sex drive and I think everything I'm about to talk about is just trauma basically. Everything seems to be linked back to trauma. There are so many patterns in my life, my bipolar, certain symptoms. And the 0 to 100 when it comes to sex is a big one. Not only is it a sign of unwellness, but it has also negatively impacted my relationships and life overall. Let's get into it. So many people with bipolar disorder struggle with hypersexuality as a part of their mania. Or even as a coping mechanism for things like depression... This can incorporate things like excessive masturbation, consuming a lot of pornography, sleeping with multiple partners, indulging in one night stands, having affairs, exhibitionism. These are all forms of hypersexuality if it's compulsive, impulsive or problematic. And hypersexuality isn't always linked to bipolar. It can be indicative of other psychiatric conditions, associated with the use of amphetamines or can be classed as a sex addiction. And for us, hypersexuality becomes increasingly more problematic when combined with other bipolar symptoms such as impulsivity, risk-taking and poor judgement. Now, I spent many years mostly asexual. I was with a long-term partner, but it just worked for us. I was still totally attracted to him, I just have a very low libido. And from this baseline of asexuality, I would not even notice, but I would start feeling more and more desires, um, having more, like, crushes and taking more risks than I ever usually would, because I just wouldn't. I remember being around 18 in a highly drug-fueled manic episode. I ended up sleeping with a guy who I had zero attraction to, and I look back on it and I'm like, oh my god, why did I do that? and that subsequently meant the end of my relationship of course in the moment i've never stopped to consider how this would have felt from my partner's perspective because who does that when during the manic episode the manic episodes would put me in a position of feeling like the hottest girl in the world and made me feel so above everyone else and so self-important that no one else's feelings or perspectives really mattered to me and looking back, I had nothing to gain from any of the encounters other than validation that I was, in fact, the hottest girl in the world and a mediocre shag from someone's face I either don't remember or would like to forget. And alongside my incredibly large ego, I was also extremely shameless in these encounters. I would happily let myself be passed around between different men and unfortunately, a lot of the things that happened ended up being public knowledge. People were openly gossiping about me and I faced so much judgment and public embarrassment that I'm actually glad that I was so manic at the time to lack that self-awareness. Because otherwise, I think I would have actually buried myself. Because looking back, that is hella embarrassing. I I did so many stupid things with men and degraded myself a lot when I was in these episodes. On a lot of reflection, connecting the dots between sexuality and bipolar and analysing my own self-worth, I realised this had to be rooted in trauma. And at the time, the way that I was dressing, the way that I was carrying myself and the way that I was approaching people that all led to a lot more trauma as well like at the moment it didn't feel traumatic because i was so manic but because of that when i look back i often feel like i would never have consented to that nor would i have wanted to partake in such extreme sexual acts it was all so empty and baseless but it felt exhilarating in the moment And that exhilaration had me craving more and more and more and I would go on Tinder and, you know, the first guy that I would match with, I'd be like, okay, I'll literally meet you in 30 minutes. And this was a huge thing for me was, like, sexting and sending photos and getting this, like, gratification and good feeling from it, even though... It's not, it's not something that actually does feel that good to me personally. I don't judge anyone else if that's what you enjoy doing, like without me in it. Fine, go for it. But for me, it's only something that I'd really do if I was not feeling stable. And going from a low to normal or even a higher sex drive to one that is what feels like a compulsive urge at all times is just not normal. And for me, it is a symptom of my mania that comes back every time with a vengeance and I end up in very much the same situation every single time, whether i be sort of hyper-fixated on one particular person and then another person and then another person with some sort of like delusional romantic attachment to it, even though I literally don't know these people at all. Or just putting myself out there, getting drunk, taking drugs, and putting myself out there in situations where I can and have been very, very easily taken advantage of. And that is something that, of course, then just adds more trauma. In a lot of these situations, had I been stable, I wouldn't even have given these men a second look. Um, not the type of people that I'm interested in and the type of people that I tend to go for when I am in these manic states are people who end up being quite aggressive towards me and it always just leads to a bigger mess. I think each one of these encounters that I've had has been grounded a lot on on the whole ego thing and feeling like I'm better than everyone else but also the impulsivity, the urges, the lack of danger that you feel when you're manic. It's kind of like you're invincible and there could be no negative possible consequences for your actions even though in situations like these large let the repercussions like it have been incredibly negative. Of course, there's been times it's been fine. There's been times that I've had a lot of fun. I'm not saying it's all trauma, but a lot of these situations that we can find ourselves in when we are manic can put us in a lot of danger. Essentially, we are not invincible. We are, in fact, incredibly vulnerable when we are in these states And it's so easy to be taken advantage of or do something that will really, really affect you negatively. And then of course there is, you know, the risk of STIs, you know, infections, risk of pregnancy if you're not in any birth control. Hypersexuality is something that I personally feel is incredibly overlooked when it comes to bipolar disorder. I know it's not something that everybody deals with. But it is something that affects a large amount of people and it is something that is incredibly problematic and causes so, so many problems in so many areas of our lives that I can't just not talk about it. This is one that I definitely had to talk about. And, of course, then you have kind of the other side of things. So... You have everything that happened when you were manic, all these encounters, you probably can't even remember half of them. You if you put them in a lineup you probably couldn't point them out. I definitely couldn't. But you know, when you're depressed, it can be the complete opposite. And this is called hyposexuality, which is a complete lack of interest in sex, feeling physically unattractive or undesirable. Feeling vulnerable or worthless sexually, physical exhaustion from the depression and a disinterest in personal hygiene or grooming. All of these things are symptoms of hyposexuality, although for me, I would just consider it kind of like my normal state. Like without the negative symptoms with like hygiene or feeling negative or exhausted, I just don't really care for sex overall. But then I do wonder sometimes, is the trauma from the hypersexuality the reason why I have no desire to have sex? And the answer is probably yes. So hypersexuality, hyposexuality and trauma are all very closely linked. And I know from my own experience that people who deal with this symptom or condition are much more likely to have suffered some sort of sexual trauma as a child or a teenager. Teens with bipolar disorder are often extremely, extremely vulnerable. I know for myself, I was an incredibly impressionable, naive and quiet child. I would never say anything about anything, so I think people... Adults knew that they could take advantage of this because I was so quiet. I was literally mute, pretty much. I would literally speak to like a handful of people. So these people were in a great position to take advantage of me. So I do believe that trauma is what has then led on to the hypersexuality. And sadly for me, it has kind of ruined my sex life as a whole. I find it, I find that sex feels incredibly unhealthy. Um, even when I'm stable, I do really still struggle with it, which I think is the reason why I'm mostly like asexual and don't really, even though I do feel like attraction for other people and for my partner or whatever. It is difficult and things like this make it difficult and this is why I wanted to really bring up trauma as a part of hypersexuality because when you see hypersexuality on paper there's often no sort of reason behind it and it took me a long long time to realise that the trauma that i had been through in the past is the trauma that I kind of replicate when I'm in a manic episode. I seem to purposefully put myself into situations that will cause me a trauma. And this is quite a common thing, is reliving experiences, avoiding sex altogether, or being overly provocative. These are all things to watch out for. And it's all about just maintaining your own safety. So I don't know how I will handle hypersexuality in the future. But I do know that whoever I'm with, if I have a partner at the time, I will be talking to them about this symptom. This symptom has destroyed so many relationships for me and I never felt like I could be honest about what was going on. But now that I am diagnosed and starting to understand myself, I feel like I'm in a mudge better position to be upfront and talk to my partner about what it is that I'm going through so that we don't have any huge incidents, so that I don't put myself in danger. Um, In the past, it was very easy for me to just sort of leave the situation and go out there and put myself in danger. So. Yeah, I just really wanted to bring some light and some personal experience to hypersexuality. And, of course, if you are dealing with this, please speak to a doctor, speak to your partner, speak to your family if you feel like you can. It is quite a difficult subject with it being related to sex, but it is an incredibly important one. You are extremely vulnerable when you're in these states and people will, unfortunately try to take advantage of that and I've read a lot of experiences online from other people and again there has been some crazy crazy situations some really life-ruining situations and I think one thing that is incredibly overlooked as well is this the sense of shame and guilt that comes after hypersexual behaviors these can exacerbate depression as well and really really make you feel worse and i think holding it all in is probably the worst thing that you can do of course these situations can be incredibly traumatic they can also be very exciting and not every time is a bad time and many people do enjoy hypersexuality when it comes around i mean if you are unattached and you want to sleep around, just do it safely. Please wear a condom, protect yourself, birth control, all that good stuff. Just as long as you guys are being safe and staying well, that is what matters. So, lastly, what do we do about hypersexuality? So first layer is medication, of course, mood stabilisers, antidepressants, antipsychotics. These are all commonly prescribed for bipolar disorder. If you're still experiencing hypersexuality, speak to your doctor, see if you can get your medication adjusted. See if there's anything else that they can do to help you. If you're not on any medication and you're experiencing hypersexuality, make sure to make notes of all the symptoms you're experiencing and present them to a doctor who can then refer you where you need to be. Therapy is a good option, especially if you have dealt with some sort of trauma in the past. It can be a great way to cope and work through that trauma rather than holding it all in. And coping with hypersexuality in general can be difficult. After I came out my manic episode, I definitely did feel the shame and embarrassment. And that definitely made me feel worse. Don't be ashamed to reach out for help at any point. My DMs and emails are always open if you would like someone to talk to privately or if you want to write into the podcast. And we can get you know discussions going about this. But overall, yeah, this topic is one that I will say one more time. is so important to me and it's something that I wish we saw more people talking about. I have seen a fair amount of discussion, but I think because there is so much shame and embarrassment that comes with hypersexuality, there, especially as a woman, you know, you're more likely to be labeled as a slut, you know, and... It it kind of works differently for men. You know, they're more likely to get a high five. So, yeah, but it can still be equally as damaging for men. So regardless of your gender, don't be afraid to reach out for help. You're definitely not alone in dealing with this. And there is some great advice online as well. I just want to thank you all for listening to me talk about this. And I would love to hear you know, any of your experiences dealing with hypersexuality, how do you cope, you know, anything, please send it in. I would really appreciate that. And on to the last segment, just so I can wrap things up. Okay, thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. Um This has been an episode that I have particularly enjoyed writing and recording. Um Like I said before, it is something that has made me reflect. Definitely this podcast has made me reflect on things that I maybe thought weren't that traumatic but kind of are. I tend to bury everything. So it's kind of difficult but nice to bring this to the surface. Not only is this like a super fun hobby for me and something that I can share with the community and share my experience, you know, mental health is something that I am extremely, extremely passionate about. But it's also really healing for me to actually finally be able to open up and speak about my experiences and things that... I would never say to people in real life that's something that I'm kind of coming to grips with at the minute is being open in real life as well about my mental health and not pretending that it doesn't exist. So yeah, I am hoping that 2024 brings us all wellness and happiness and everything that we want. I'm unsure what this year holds for me as of yet. Like I said, I've got plans for the podcast. I am considering maybe doing another degree just because I really enjoy learning and it's something that I'm passionate about. But I don't know yet. Watch this space. We'll see. We'll see. I may end up going into something else completely. I'm just like really evaluating all my options at the moment and deciding where I want to take it from here. But yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.